One of the most common questions uh, I get asked, whether it's on Ask the Fish on CT is Us or at any of the courses we run, relates to IV contrast material. Everyone these days wants to know what the best way of delivering contrast is and what contrast agents we do use. People want to know at what point is it safe or unsafe to use or not use contrast material, what about premedication and the like. So let me just give you sort of our rules. One thing that always is true is that we try to hydrate patients. It's been shown that IV hydration is better than PO hydration, but of course on our patients, uh, IV hydration is just not really something that's doable. So we use PO hydration. We like to give patients 1,000 cc's before the studies. In terms of um, CT and geography, of course, it works very nicely because what you're doing there is you're giving 1,000 cc's to distend the stomach, proximal small bowel, and the like. So there's no issue. In terms of some of the other applications, it may be wise to give patients water to drink as well. And also, of course, it's always important for the technologist to remind the patients to drink fluids after the study. Of course, the newer scanners, we also recognize that one of the important uh, causes of renal injury is the volume of contrast. And with the newer scanners, we're able to have lower volumes of contrast. And that indeed is very helpful. For example, in some applications like cardiac CT for coronary artery angiography, we're only giving 80 cc's of contrast. So that works out indeed very nicely. It's important to note, of course, for some applications, you really can't drop the contrast volumes too low because as in the liver looking for metastasis, it really uh, evolves and revolves around the number of grams of iodine that are present. So again, it's a delicate balancing act. In terms of delivery of contrast, of course, we like to deliver at least 3 cc's per second, optimally 4 cc's in most applications. It's, of course, critical to have good IV access. Antecubital fossa is the best place to inject. We use typical angiocaths. 20 gauge works very nicely. If it's less than 20, let's say 18, it's, of course, even better. But these days, we try to uh, use 20 gauge angiocaths. And that works very nicely. As with most institutions, we only use non-ionic contrast material. So the question of using ionic versus non-ionic doesn't really exist anymore. The real question is, what about isosmolar contrast material? Well, we do have certain rules. Our typical contrast we use is Omnipake 350. I like that concentration. It works very nicely across a range of applications. And that's our base contrast agent. If patients have certain criteria, we'll go to isoosmolar contrast. There's no doubt that isoosmolar has less minor reactions and in the literature potentially less major reactions, but also the comfort to the patient. All of the minor problems that relate to contrast, warmth, and the like tend to disappear. Also, although there's lots of arguing among the different companies who sell contrast, it still goes in the New England Journal of Medicine that the safest agent is indeed the isoosmolar agent, which is Visipake. We use Visipake 320. When do we use Visipake? Okay, we have certain rules. In all our coronary angiography studies, we use Visipake. In all of our pulmonary emboli studies, we use Visipake. Anything where patient's uh, cardiac function is involved, Visipake has the least impact on cardiac function, and that's been shown through a number of papers published based on 
classic catheter-based angiographic studies, so we definitely will go uh, with that agent. The next question is, what about other patients? Again, what's the downside to isoosmolar agents? Well, it's simply that it costs more money. And, you know, GE stock is high enough, so some people feel maybe we shouldn't be using it in all patients. So what we'll do is if patients' creatinines, and this will vary from institution to institution, are above 1.7 of 1.8, then people will use an isoosmolar agent. And this typically works very nicely up to a level of at least 2 to 2.3, and we'll feel comfortable injecting 100 cc's of contrast in these patients. In the literature, it's been shown that if you go up to a creatinine of 3 or even a bit more than 3, as long as patients are well hydrated, uh, that when you look a week post-injection, there's not going to be any impact on the BUN or creatinine. But we tend to go to about 2, 2, 2, 3, and many institutions that I uh, am familiar with use the same sort of rules. It's important also to recognize that what patients should get contrast uh, that's isoosmolar, even if they have a normal BUN creatinine, it might be diabetics and patients with any history of renal disease. These are the patients that really have, in a sense, increased risk factors based on their clinical history. And so it may be wise in these patients to err on the side of using an isoosmolar agent. So those are our rules. Certain clinical applications, certain disease states, and a BUN creatinine that's elevated, and we'll typically call creatinine above uh, 1.7 as elevated, will then go with an isoosmolar agent. I think it's important that in your own institution, you come up with certain rules. Again, rules are very nice because you need to be able to show that you're thinking you can make exceptions to rules. Different issues may come up, but again, uh, you want to have rules. One last comment also in terms of isoosmolar agents, I've found them to be also very useful in patients who've had prior contrast reactions. Now, if someone's had a contrast reaction, you still have to premedicate, but I found that once you premedicate and you use an isoosmolar agent, knock wood, we've had really, really uh, no problems. In terms of premedication, let me tell you what we do. 40 milligrams of prednisone, 24, 12, and 2 hours prior to the study. That's worked well in our experience. There are many different protocols to premedicate. Uh, there's no one right protocol, but you do need to have one specific protocol for your site or outpatient center or institution. So hopefully that's done a little bit uh, of justice to how we use intravenous contrast agents. Just let me make a couple closing comments in regard to oral contrast. More and more we're using water as a contrast agent. Surely anything with um, the CT angiographic components of the study that become important will get water. About 70% of our patients actually get water. I like water as long as I'm using IV contrast material for most applications. If IV contrast is not used, we'll use a 3% high-peak solution. So, again, water is a really good contrast agent, particularly when you're doing a CT angiography, and that's been our rule. Um, neutral agents do have certain advantages, as most of you have seen in your own clinical experience. 
So let me stop there. Thank everyone for their attention. Again, any questions or ideas or thoughts or something I did not address, just let us know. And if you disagree or agree, you can let us know as well. We prefer people who agree to people that disagree, but we'll take all comers. Have a nice day. Thanks a lot.